The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. It's, um, it should be pretty commonplace to say something like, you know, this is a, this is a foundational gospel. Um, but this, this of, of all the foundational gospel texts, you know, this is, this is a foundational gospel. Um, the Beatitudes, the beginning of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, uh, these, uh, these three chapters of, of teaching in the Gospel of Matthew uh, that are so significant uh, for, uh, for the life of uh, faith that we're called to. So this is, um, it, Jesus is, uh, Jesus is doing a bit of vision casting uh, here, and uh, he's also uh, summoning his disciples. We see his disciples are gathered around him. He's summoning his disciples into his, his own life of praise, his own life of worship, his own life of, of service. So there, there are any number of things, I think, to say uh, right off the bat. The, the first is that the, the instruction that Jesus is giving uh, is intended for his people. So this is not necessarily for uh, the world at large. I know this is perhaps strange to hear something like that, but this is not like, this is, in, in this sense, it's not good advice. This is not good advice. This, this is good news. This is, uh, Jesus is giving some sense of what is happening in, in him and through his ministry and what he anticipates to be happening in and through his people, the people who are following him in faith. So let me put in front of you something like that, something of a mission statement. I know we have a, we have a parish mission statement. If you want to hold on to that one, it's very dear to your heart. That, so, so be it. I'm, I'd be quite happy if that were the case. Uh, but another, another mission statement is to say that we as Christians um, are called to persevere by faith in the life of great love that we've been called to. And, and if, we have that, if we have that banner kind of hanging over our lives, then, we'll un, then we will uh, grasp with, with real depth what Jesus is saying here. Okay, we've been called to live by faith, which just means that we can only live this life by trusting and following Jesus. We can only live this life with Jesus at the center. We've been called to live by faith, right? We've been called to entrust ourselves to Jesus, and so make this possible, so we can live the lives of great and costly love that he's called us to. Great and costly love that he's called us to. Okay, now, let me, si- let me situate that in a, in a little bit larger of a context and say that, some, say something like this. God's world, uh, 
by sin and its consequences has been turned somewhat upside down. Right? It's no longer it's no longer founded on love. It's no longer founded on truth, or at least the the base has been has been shaken, and it's and it's made the rest of the it's made the rest of everything else crooked, to to say the least. Okay, what Jesus is has come to do is turn the world right side up. Okay, anyone who reads my weekly email knows that I was struggling with this this week how to describe this, but. Jesus, Jesus is here to turn the world right side up, and his people then are to turn the world right side up. But how, but how does it happen? It happens by our living the lives of great and costly love that he's called us to. Now, okay, I'm not plucking that out of, out of thin air, okay? And it, uh, even if I was, what does it matter? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not plucking that out of thin air. Uh, if you want to see the life of great and costly love, there he is. There he is. It's Jesus, right? So what am I saying? I'm just saying that we have to live according to the pattern that's been, been set for us. But it's, but it's not like a, another kind of over-the-top moralism here to say, you know, we've got to really turn the crank on this because we're not doing it well enough. No. What we have to do is recognize that Jesus lived that life of great and costly love to in, not just to inspire us, I mean to uh, to breathe that life into us. He wants to breathe that life into us to animate and sustain us in the lives of great and costly love that he's called us to, the lives of what? Of following him. And we, can, and we only find the strength to follow him in him as he breathes his life into us. As we, as we eat his body and drink his blood, we are made to be him. This is, this is the point, right, is that we're going to follow him in faith. Now, what happens when we follow him in faith? Again, he's called his disciples to himself. He's, they, they're growing into that life of discipleship, of, of faithfully following him. And then he's, he's saying this. It's, like, it's almost like an upside-down charter. Okay, now, and I do have to say, there, there are a lot of parallels between what's happening here in the Gospel of Matthew and what has happened to Israel in their existence, right? Jesus has already been called out of Egypt in the Gospel of Matthew. He's already made his way through the waters, through the sea, right? He's entering the promised land. He's now giving the law, right? This is, this is very much like the people of Israel. Why is that the case? Because he is renewing the people of Israel. This is the point. He's renewing the people of Israel so they could get back to their task of turning the world right side up with the love of God by becoming a blessing to the nations. And now Jesus is saying, when you, when you do this, when you effort to do this, when you effort to live the life that you've been called to, the life of great and costly love that you've been called to, this is what's going to happen to you, right? I mean, oh, this, is, this is like uh, what you're going to look like in the world. These are the things that you're going to experience. Right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I do have to say one word about this as well. Heaven, heaven appears any number of times in, the, in this passage. Um, Matthew wants to talk about the kingdom of heaven. We see that in other gospels, the kingdom of God. It's God's rule. It's his reign. And we see, even in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to teach us the Lord's Prayer, which has us pray for heaven come to earth. So we don't think about, okay, well, he's just saying, if we, if we do this, if we, if we white-knuckle it, if we make it through, then we're going to end up in a better place. No, the point is that when we effort to bring the life of heaven to earth now, this is, this is what our lives look like, right? We, we have to be poor in spirit if we have any shot of attaining the kingdom of heaven, if we have any shot of advancing 
uh, receiving, living under and advancing the rule of God, we have to be poor in spirit. This, this is another way of kind of saying humble, right? Because if we're rich in spirit, I mean, in a sense that we're, we're full of ourselves, right? This is the other thing. If we're full of ourselves, we're not, we're not going to have the capacity to live under the rule of God. We want to live under our own rule. Thank you very much. We don't need you, God, right? This is, this is part of it. We need to live, this is what it, it means to live a Jesus-shaped life in, in an upside-down world. Blessed are they who mourn. They will be comforted. Right? It's, it's good for us to mourn now. The world is broken, right? Hearts are broken now. Should, we be, should it be a kind of simple celebration and the rest? No, like we, we know that God will give us the strength to live as his people in the veil of tears. And so if we mourn, it's not something to say, ah, you know, I'm mourning, I'm getting something wrong here, right? I'm, I, I struggle with the fact that the world is broken, and, and, and I, I encounter so many hearts that are broken, and I'm called to mourn with them. Yeah, but, and, and the comforting, the comforting comes from Jesus giving us the strength we need now to endure mourning as, as we mourn with his world that's, just, that's simply out of sorts, right? I, I don't want to go through the list. Yeah, I don't, and and I think it's it's much it's a much better list to to ponder ourselves and to to go deep in it ourselves. Even even if it's even just on our own understanding, there are plenty of resources to help us understand. But even just our own understanding, because God gives us an opportunity to to hear His word for our hearts, His word for our lives, His His word for for our world, His world. But I do want to say one thing to to double back around and say here we see. At the very end, Jesus concludes the Beatitudes with, blessed are, they, blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be, rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. In this sense, when our, when our lives are so dedicated to God that Jesus is the absolute center, any opposition that we encounter, we experience as gain. We experience as gain. Because, because here, we are being purified, right? It's to say, when, when we're being ridiculed, despised, and, and all the rest, shunned, and everything, because, because Jesus is the very center of our lives, then we, then we have the, the experience of knowing that Jesus is the very center of our lives, and that we're doing it simply for him, because we're not, we're not getting a thing out of it besides. That's, that is a blessed place to be. That is a happy place to be. And if that's where the Lord wants to take us, uh, we have to say, we'll go with it. Yeah, but this is it. We're living a life of mission. We're living that life of, of great and costly love that Jesus has called us to and that, and that he is supporting and strengthening us and sustaining us in. This, this is our life. And we will follow Jesus. We will trust and follow him no matter what the cost.